Welcome everybody to the 23rd episode of CG Cast. Today I have Sam Kudali. He worked on the Blender open source project, um, which was Elephant Dream. So, Basam, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, yes. Um, thank you for having me. I'm Basam Kudali. Um, I was uh, the director of Elephant Dream. Um, and prior to that, I've been doing some animations and um, still images and things like that in the 3D software Blender for a while. Um, I was actually an electrical engineer by training, and I started doing CG as a hobby almost about uh, uh, many years ago, actually. And uh, since about a year, I have been doing just CG and have uh, sort of left the electrical engineering behind. So how uh, did you get into CG? Um, well, I've always been interested in computer graphics um, for almost as long as I can remember, um, also from seeing old and looking maybe the first CG movie I'm aware of having seen is Disney's Tron which I was quite taken with the look off, like a lot of people, I think, at the time. And um, I didn't really seriously consider it as a career for a long time, however. Um, and it was only since more recently that I started thinking of that as a viable thing for me. Um, uh, that's about it, really. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, we all start differently. Um, can you tell us about the, the Elephant Stream project? How did that come about? I think um, I, I think the initial um, the initial idea for doing a project uh, like that um, came from uh, from Tan Rosendahl. Um, he's the um, main developer behind Blender, and he acted as producer on the project. Um, the, in the history of Blender, it had been the tool, uh, an in-house software for a uh, animation company in Europe um, uh, during the time when it was closed source. And during that time, there was a close-knit connection between the artists and the developers who worked in the same company. Um, and so uh, it, it was a very quick feedback uh, for them. Uh, since it's been open source, and it's been some time since that period, um, Tan had the desire to um, have do a, a multi-tiered project where he could both uh, test uh, and improve the software to the level where it could do a production uh, in this year, in, in, in you know, in the 2000s as opposed to the 90s, and that he could have this kind of close uh, loop feedback with the artists. Um, to improve the software to that level, uh, test it, and that was kind of development idea behind the movie, and also uh, on a side note to kind of show people what uh, Blender and other open software source software is capable of today, so people can uh, you know a history or a done project. Um, for the artists, we had maybe slightly different goals um, because um, our goal was more to make the movie as opposed to um, um, as opposed to um, develop the software for instance and so we had a more creative aspect to it um, it's pretty much the dream of 
uh, most of the team to be able to work on a project like this where you get to make a short CG movie and have uh, pretty uh, good creative control over what goes in it. And um, fortunately, um, the way the project was structured, um, we each had a great deal of say in what we did. And that was important for us too because it was an opportunity for us to grow artistically and uh, to explore um, the kind of things that we wanted to do in the movie. Uh, we hope the result uh, justifies that. Oh, well, <clears throat> I think you guys did pretty well. Um, but some people were kind of complaining about the story, uh, that it was a bit uh, weird. Uh, what do you have to say about that? Me, I, me personally, I found it was, it was pretty interesting. Um, the story was okay for me. It wasn't my type, but I think there was uh, good effort was put. You get A for effort, so what do you have to say about that, that some people didn't like the story? Well, I mean, th there, are many, there, there are many levels that I can answer that. Um, um, I think there are many reactions to the story. Actually, it's it's uh, a bit. Um, you can generalize them in those terms that people said that, but people did, did say had some more specific criticisms about it. Um, uh, there were those people, of course, who would have preferred a totally different kind of story that fits in with uh, Hollywood production or um, something of that type. For those people, um, I mean, I can I can't do to say. I mean, uh, people have different ideas. Um, you know, it can be an action movie or a romantic movie. Different audiences each time. Um, we chose to do something more open-ended and poetic, um, rather than doing a uh, sort of a you know a direct comedy or, or action movie or something like that a genre movie maybe um, so the story isn't as easily recognizable but we felt this was a good choice um, uh, one because it was the type of story that we were mostly more interested in making um, and also because it is the kind of approach that really fits an open movie better. I mean, if we did something really specific and concrete, um, you know, some kind of, you know, very instantly recognizable cops and robbers story or something like that, um, it would have been maybe uh, more immediately graspable by people, but we felt like it would be less expandable. And since this is an open movie, uh, we felt that it would be good to have a story that encourages people to think and have their own personal takes on it. And that ambiguity is not a bad thing, uh, but a good thing, um, since um, it allows people more freedom of exploring it and exploring their own meanings in it. That isn't to say that we had uh, not our own motivations and meanings behind it. We talked about some of those on the making off on the DVD. Uh, but we did actually think out what we did very carefully. Um, uh, while keeping it open at the same time. So oftentimes, we just didn't supply that final piece of the puzzle which would let you say, aha, for sure this is what is going on. We withheld it on purpose um, to keep that open feeling to it and to give the movie more of a, a feeling than just a direct.
but to encourage people who are going to own their, do their own personal versions of the movie or their takes on it, that they could go in a direction that they wanted uh, and not feel constrained by something that we had put into the story or the characters that they would have to follow. Um, on the other hand, there are people who had criticisms more about uh, specifics in the story and the writing. Um, and for those people, I would have to say that uh, this is our first movie of this type. Uh, and obviously, we couldn't get it perfect. And we also had to work under a certain deal of pressure. We had a pretty short deadline to work in. And as is usual with any production, um, we had our own uh, special problems. Um, for instance, we had, um, we had really wanted to start our six-month production period with a completed script. Um, unfortunately, our first script writer quit. And when we started production, we didn't have a script. Um, and we had to find another scriptwriter instead, uh, which we did uh, maybe a couple of weeks into production. And then we got into a cycle of, of nailing down the script and the story uh, during the period where we were actually supposed to be working in production already. And so what we, we did what we could to prepare, and we made uh, lots of animatic versions um, of the movie to sort of test the various scripts that were coming at us uh, from the writer, uh, who was also a, um, a more of a playwright than uh, a writer for movies and animations. And so he tended to make things that had uh, lots and lots of dialogue that would be impractical to do uh, for an animated movie, especially you know to do so much lip sync. And so in the end, we also had to cut a lot from that. That you know that. Th that evolution is 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 the result of resulted in the movie as it is today now, um, and so it it had some compromise in it definitely because we had to do things that were realizable in the time that we had left, uh, as opposed to do everything exactly as we might have wanted it to do. So, of that initial six month plan, we ended up using seven months. So we extended the month. But the first three months were sort of a pre-production period, which involved um, doing some character and set designs, but also doing lots of animatics and a lot of story development. And we had to really work fast over the next four months and cut out some more um, ambitious concepts so we could actually realize the rest of the, the, the actual movie that you see in the end. Oh, that's fair enough. Um, wow. That's, you, that sounds like you guys really worked hard. Yeah, we had we had we had a fair amount of long hours we put in. Um, uh, at the beginning of the movie, we were putting in already long hours um, because even making animatics can be a lot of work. Um, so we're putting in like maybe twelve hours, fifteen hours a day, and we had given up weekends pretty much. And towards the end of the project, things got completely insane, and and we were working. Um, you know, maybe till like 4 a.m. sometimes. I think some people went through a few sleepless nights actually towards the very end where we had, to, you know, our deadline was, you know, rapidly approaching us and we had to just finish rendering the movie so we could actually show it. So it was a very tight production in the sense of having just barely enough time to finish. Oh, sounds intense. Did you guys um, work together like in actual physical? Uh, we worked together. Um, 
we did um, we did a, a workshop period in July where we came in for a week and met and talked about the movie for the first time, uh, and then we worked a little bit on the net until September, and from September onward was our production period, and we did that all um, in. Um, the Montevideo Media Arts Institute. We had a, a big room uh, with workstations as a studio, and we worked in that room pretty much the whole time in Amsterdam. <coughs> That's cool. Um, can you explain, like, uh, briefly, like the steps? Um, so you went story, then storyboard, anim animatic, and then modeling, animating, or what? Yeah. Well, we went, we started out with some story concepts. Um, we had about. Um, maybe four different story concepts. Um, they were very rough ideas. They weren't really like fleshed out stories. It's more like um, uh, sort of the backbones of a story. So one of them was two guys in a machine. Uh, that's what we picked. Uh, we also had uh, this more uh, cops and robbers idea but also had kind of an open-ended element but was also too complicated. And we had a few others. And we picked this two guys in a machine idea, um, and we kind of brainstormed about it for a long time. We defined um, some sort of uh, ideas that we wanted to talk about, like um, the relationship between perception and reality, and uh, kind of like the conflict of ideas that happens between people. Um, we also like kind of worked out this backstory for our characters um, and uh, some scenes that we wanted to see in the final movie for our sort of walking and dancing on these keys that are coming up from an abyss was a very early idea. I think that, that happened maybe in July or something like that, that we wanted that scene in there. Um, uh, then we wanted to get a, you know, we kind of had some meetings with our first screenwriter and the idea was to give them all our ideas and and they would go off and they had kind of the bare bones of the story and they would they would flesh it out basically and, and, and write a script for us. Um, that didn't happen exactly that way. Um, uh, but when we came back in September we had um, we had enough information about what we wanted to do that we could actually do the character designs, um, which we started working on at the same time that we found another screenwriter who started working on the script. Um, and then we just kept on doing the dialogues with him um, until we got a final script. We had some several versions in the middle, um, and each version of the script that we got that was a possibility, uh, we did an animatic. Um, the first anim and so we actually skipped storyboarding and we did 3D animatics right away um, and uh, each animatic was mm, depending on which one we did maybe five to seven minutes long so it was running a little bit faster than the actual movie and uh, then we would watch it and kind of evaluate it and see what worked and what didn't work um, and so we did a very rough one uh, then we did another really long one which was what we thought was going to be the final script but then we watched that animatic and we kind of saw that a lot of the ideas that were in the script weren't actually working visually at all um, and so we had this intense period four or five days but it was a very rough on us psychologically because 
you know, we thought we were ready to stop production, but we weren't. And um, we basically cut down um, a, a lot of ideas and scenes from that script. And we kind of tried to boil down the movie to its, the story to its essentials that we could actually show. Uh, and we made a very cut down version of the script. And then we made our final animatic based on that. Um, and that's what we had for reference the whole time we were shooting the movie. Um, and around that time also we did the voice recordings. Um, so we actually had the, the sound to the dialogue and that also helps us structure it. Um, then for the rest of the movie we worked on a per scene basis. Um, so we did, we did each scene pretty much in order um, as you see in the movie. And um, we had teams working on modeling and animation um, almost at the same time. Um, uh, the, the characters were modeled and almost completely rigged when we started that phase. But we actually continued to develop the character rigs until halfway through the animation process. And so we often would have to go back to our old scenes that we worked in and drop in the new rigs of the new characters so we can do some more subtle animation and facial animation um, that we didn't do the first run through. Um, and because we didn't know each other when we first started working, we also had an adjustment period where the team members kind of figured out what the right roles were then for, were exactly for each person. And so it ended up that some people did um, sort of modeling and animation and some people did uh, mostly modeling and texturing and some people did mostly animation um, but we only kind of figured that out after about maybe two weeks of production that okay this person really you know doesn't want to do modeling too much but he's a great animator and so that's what he's going to do for the rest of the project and so and so forth and once we got that figured out that was about maybe two scenes into the movie, things started to go really smooth and um, and um, almost, you know, you could just depend on things being there when you wanted them to be and, and it started to click really well. Um, yeah, that sounds fun. Can you tell us like what were the best and the worst experiences during the entire process? Um, well, I think I just spoke about the worst experience. It was probably, for me at least, the script. Um, yes, it was when we watched that that the, the penultimate animatic and had this sink, and had this sink, sinking feeling. I think everyone had it watching it that there was no way we were going to make this movie that we were watching. That you know what we thought was the right path wasn't. And uh, we watched it, and then I said, I think I said, was the first to say at least, that this isn't going to work. We can't actually make this particular movie. And everyone kind of had this awful look on their face. And, and, uh, and, and we had this highly pressured, I think me and Tan met uh, over the weekend after that and just like had the script with us and kept on cutting and revising. And it felt like... It, it, it felt weirdly impossible at the time. It was a very kind of sobering period for me. Um, the best period is harder to nail down. I think I had a lot of really, I think we all had a lot of times during the project, so it's hard to say which one was the best. Um, sometimes 
just working on some scenes that went really well um, just was a very good feeling. Um, like I think when we were doing the elevator, uh, this the fifth scene in the movie where the characters are going up this, this strange elevator, um, and we had just it just seemed like everything was coming together really, really well um, compared to the rest of the project because it was kind of the first time things clicked and it probably also was far enough away from the end that we didn't have that final deadline pressure yet. So that was great. Um, and then finishing the movie, watching it on the big screen with uh, Premiere was a fantastic experience. <coughs> um, the do you know if anybody has already started using the the open source materials like the models or anything to make a, a movie based out of the stuff you provided? Well, I, I don't know that anyone's so far actually gone to the length of, of, of reanimating re or re, you know, going into the actual 3D production files and trying to do a whole movie with them. Uh, a, a lot of people are using those files as um, a kind of learning material for them right now um, because it's an opportunity for them um, to get their hands on uh, fully rigged characters that are fairly complex and scene setups and compositing setups that they just wouldn't have had before. Um, for instance, I mean, I'm sure most of CGCast audience knows that um, for instance, rigging isn't necessarily the most. Uh, I mean, you know, faced with a 3D application and a character and asked to rig it, um, it isn't right away obvious what you're supposed to do. Um, and certainly there are tools that make that easier. Um, Blender's tools, while they're capable, are probably not among the most intuitive you can find for that task. And so a lot of people. Um, who would like to use the software uh, probably would just not have known where to start. And um, having this resource to pick apart uh, can be really can be really good for people um, uh, to have. So I think that's one area where it really was used. Some people have done remixes of the movie uh, where they take the video and supply their own audio and recut it. Um, there were a couple of like music video type things that were done with that. Uh, they were both uh, spoofs of songs. I think one was the spoof of a Numa, Numa, Numa song. Uh, I don't know if you saw that go around the net. Yeah. And another one was, it was called uh, My PC is Broken. It was like My PC, My PC is Broken or something <laughs> like that. And Emo was supposed to be asking Frug to fix his broken PC. And, um, and and someone did a net neutrality song um, that they they cut with the with the video from the movie, um, and there were also uh, people are doing dubs in other languages. Oh, um, yeah, I think there's an Italian dub and a French dub um, already, or at least in the works. I'm not sure. There might be more actually. I, it would be nice to see someone redo the lip sync at least for some of these dubs, because. Uh, I mean, that would be cool, you know, just to have it synced up right to, to, to other languages that it's in, because they have that opportunity at least. That's true. Um, so, yeah. Um, sometimes when people, like, you know, get too 
in depth into the, why they didn't like the movie, I feel like saying to them, "Well, oh, why didn't you just fix it? You know, just make your own version that you really like and put it up." I'd like that. Yeah, yeah I, I would love to see uh, people do that too. Uh, yeah. Make their own versions. Do you guys plan on making uh, another movie? Um, yes. Um, I think. Um, I mean, in a general way, uh, for sure. Um, uh, I don't think any of us plan on not doing something else um, for the future. Um, I know Andy's working on a short that he's doing by himself right now, for instance. He's the art director from the movie. Um, I've got a, a project that I'm working on as well that I actually had started before this one. Okay. And um, I'm you know, working on finishing it. Actually, I haven't. I've been reworking the script actually now. Now that I've had this experience and kind of, <laughs> you know, know some things that can go wrong. Um, uh, but there is also like some tentative ideas to do some future uh, Project Orange, or maybe it would have a different name um, at that point. But you know, another open movie project, or or. Some people are even talking about doing an open game project because Blender has a built-in game engine as well. Um, and so I, I think we'll see something else in the future, but it probably won't be for another um, six months to a year from now that, that you know, we kind of see the, because there's a lot of pre-planning and things like that that have to take place. And um, so it'll be a while before we actually see the results of that. And um, therefore, I don't know exactly what form they'll take either. Okay, I want to know um, how was the team assembled? Excuse me. How was the team assembled? Did you just post on the internet oh. that you're looking for people, or what? Well, um, I think um, the 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 first step was um, getting um, like the really first team together, and um, I think that was Tan's initiative. Um, he knew me. And he knew Andy uh, as being two um, artists who use Blender who were good in two specific regions. Andy's is really good at making uh, images. He's very good at texturing, very good at composition and rendering and lighting. Um, and he's very hardworking and productive. Um, and I had been, I had started using uh, actually 3D Studio Max and then Animation Master. Uh, before I started using Blender, and so I had, I had kind of the experience of animation and rigging in other software before I came to try to apply it to Blender, and um, I think as a result I had, um, I had some kind of head start on some of the other people using the program, and so I was able to do animations in Blender fairly early um, that Tan saw, and so he saw that he had at least. Uh, you know the beginnings of a core team. He had one animator and one, um, you know, art modeler and texture and lighter. And he asked us to find the rest of the team. And so, kind of the three of us, um, we put out an uh, announcement um, on the Blender website, um, saying that we were looking for artists who use Blender um, to work in this open movie project. And people sent in application forms. And um, much like the CG Talk, uh, Blender has uh, a software-specific forum. It's a good place to see what people are capable of doing um, and what they've done in the past and kind of what the speed of their output is. So we actually had a fair idea about 
you know, 80% of our applicants even before we got their applications. And um, so we got a bunch of applications in, and uh, we kind of, we got so many in that we had to reject a lot, actually. But we narrowed it down that we wanted people who'd already done at least one short animated production before, so they had some experience doing things like that. And um, we also um, just kind of evaluated based on their portfolios that they sent in. Same as probably most companies. I mean, you just looked at their demo reels and uh, decided that, you know, these people would probably make a good team and uh, and uh, that was it basically. Uh, the, the last person we found was the technical director. It was Tony Alitalo. Um, we actually didn't hire him until uh, the July workshop mm. and uh, he actually wasn't there at the beginning of that workshop and when we made that decision um, he flew down from Finland and joined us for the rest of the week and that was the completion of the team. Wow, the, nothing about that project sounded easy. I'm not sure if you heard that a while ago, but for some reason there's fireworks going on outside and I'm not really sure why. I can hear it actually, I was wondering what that was. Yeah, I don't know why they're fireworks, but um, I'll check it out after. Um, um, so I hope it's not a problem for your audience. No, I, I just did not expect it at all today, I don't know what's going on today. Well, no idea. Um, anyways, uh, I think um, we can continue. Um, so, um, about you personally, what's your future plans? Um, well, right now, I'm uh, the present. I'm working, uh, and I think some of the other team members might be helping with this um, on a workbook for the project. Uh, it's the Elephant's Dream workbook that is kind of a combination of a making-off story and also a technical manual, not for Blender, but for how we actually made the movie. Um, and it can work as maybe a companion to the production files, uh, especially for those people who are interested in using those files for learning purposes um, or making their own productions or maybe just people are curious about the history of the project. Um, I'm also, um, I'm also um, trying to do something similar uh, to that project here in the US, um, but on a slightly smaller scale, at least at first. Um, so uh, I'm, I, I've, I've got basically a website out, but I plan on doing a um, sort of a mixture of, of freelance and Creative Commons work. Um, uh, the, the website's called freefactory.org, and um, basically I plan on, on trying to self-fund and maybe through some donations, if I can get them, uh, fund the making of my next movie project, which is also a short movie in this case. Um, perhaps a little bit shorter than Elephant's Dream, even yeah. um, with a, kind of a different look and a different story behind it. Mm. It's actually similar or inspired by um, George Orwell's 1984. So it might be a little bit depressing, but it'll be <laughs> fun at the same time. Yeah, it's probably fun. I, I myself, I want to make a a movie. You guys kind of inspired me. I want to see if 
with CG cast, I could use like CG cast to chronol uh, chronol it. I want to make a short movie. I kind of have a story idea set up. Do you have any uh -huh. tips you could give? Well, uh, personally, I would say like, you know, it, it it depends a little bit on the circumstances, um, whether you want to do it alone or with other people. But uh, my main tip, it's not really a tip, is to try to keep things, not in terms of the final look, but in terms of the production as well as possible, um, because anything you add in, uh, in complexity can, you know, kind of makes the um, control of the project really hard. Um, maybe another thing is to really be sure about your story and your script before you start production at all. Um, and um, let's see. Uh, I had some other ideas, but they just flew out of my head. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's um, the firecrackers making the fireworks making them fly away. <laughs> yeah, it, actually, they're pretty loud here on the on the on the headphones. Um, I would also say that to kind of make the decisions for what kind of production it's going to be and follow that path and be realistic about what that means for the production. Um, for instance. If you are going to have, you know, a budget to make this movie, and you can work on it full time or a, a large, substantial amount of part time, um, then you can be realistic about doing it in a shorter period of time. But um, let's say you have a job or you're going to school, and you can't really afford too much time because you know you need to eat and make money and stuff like that. Uh, then it won't be a short production because you won't be able to work on it continuously and um, whatever it is just make sure you set yourself some deadlines so you know you can know at any point how close you are and how well you're doing towards finishing it My plan was and, and definitely do something you enjoy yeah okay that's th thanks for the advice um, my plan was like to do it during the summer like I know a lot of people get the summer off it would be cool to try and do it during the summer I've had the story I had the story written down I'm not sure if I backed it up and my SD card decided to reformat itself but I'm pretty sure I have a backup of it backups that's a good thing yeah I, I learned that the hard way and I just oh, yeah yeah continue I was just thinking um from our project, um, one thing that was very, very good that we did early on and was just fantastic idea, probably without it we not, would not have finished, is that we had, um, we had a version control software for the project. Uh, you need to do, even if it's a one-man project, you need to do asset management, version controlling, and backups from the beginning. Um, that's very, very important. Um, especially if more than one person is going to work on this, it's going to become even more important. Um, and you don't have to spend a lot of money on this. Uh, we used SVN, which is an open source, it's a subversion is the full name for it. It's an open source version control software, and it's for, it's actually not even designed for graphics, it's designed for uh, programmers. It's uh, normally used for software projects. Uh, but it has the capacity of checking in binary files and the way it stores the different versions it does a binary diffing between the versions and so the the actual repository that sits on a central server can be actually uh, 
because it's diffed and compressed, it's actually smaller than the individual checkout. So it's not really giving you a huge hardware requirement. And uh, it can be backed up. So you can have a backup of the entire project at all times. And that's what we had. And then the different artists uh, check out um, whether they're on the internet or locally. I actually spent a few weeks during the project away from the studio. And I was able to because we had this version control and I could do checkouts every day and do some work with some files and check them back in um, and everyone had them up to date the moment I did that and that really is is, is crucial um, I, I'm not sure what kind of software is available for that particular kind of purpose um, other than uh, other than subversion, CVS would work too. Um, I think there's a program and, called uh, Alien sure Brain. Yeah, Alien Brain probably does the same thing. I've never tried it, but um, it probably does similar things too. But yeah, it's it's very important. It's it's easy to not think of that earlier on, but trust me, you'll be glad you did it. Yeah, I know. I've overwritten a scene file by accident when I was making a short, and yeah, having to reanimate something is not fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, thanks. Um, so, is there any final comments you'd like to give out? Um, well, let me think. Um, just to um, sort of stay tuned, um, there will be a new project coming from that, from, from, from Project Orange or the new name, an open movie project coming out in the future. And, um, uh, probably some other cool things, and also that um, uh, the uh, me and Andy from the Open Movie Project are going to be at SIGGRAPH, um, as well as the Blender software and some other open source software are going to have an open source pavilion um, on the SIGGRAPH floor. We'll be showing the movie, uh, we'll be demoing the software, and just talking to people in general. So. You know, it would be a good place to meet people and check things out if you want to come down. I wish I could go, but the trip sounds expensive. <laughs> so did you guys enter the movie into a, a film festival? Uh, we've entered it into a few film festivals. Um, I actually don't know uh, all of them. We were in Animago for sure um, in Germany. Um, and we've applied to a bunch of other ones. And I actually honestly don't know um much I mean I, I know the ones that I apply to like I apply to some that are local here in, in northeast United States um, still haven't gotten answers from those um, to the animation show in the US which I, yeah, I still don't know what the status of that is um, I think there's one in South America that we're actually in um, for sure and uh, Tan, the producer, has applied to a bunch of festivals as well. That, um, yeah. So it it's been entered into festivals, and we're kind of waiting pretty much to see what happens with that. And uh, we're going to enter into some more actually as the opportunity arises and before those deadlines um, happen. Basically, there's a big film festival here that's about to start. It's the Locarno Film Festival in Switzerland. You should check that out if you have time. Oh, I will. Uh, are there any shout-outs you want to give to any of the people who worked on the project? 
Yeah, I'd like to say uh, you know thanks to all of you, to Andy Gralchik, uh, Lee Salvamani, uh, Bassis Almula, Tony Alato, and Matt Ebb, Anton Rosendahl, of course. It was a pleasure working with you all, and I hope I can do it again. Thanks. Cool. Thanks for thanks for uh, coming on the show. I know it's this has been a long thing in the making, but thank you for finally coming on. <laughs> um, I think it cut out. Um, thanks. Um, uh, final thing before I go, I would like to tell everybody that if they would, they can join the CGCast forum. They can post there and help make the show better. And hopefully there will be no fireworks next time. Um, also, if you have a MySpace. <laughs> Uh, you can add uh, CGCast on your MySpace. It's myspace.com slash CGCast. And if you're interested in the CGCast movie project, uh, you can post on the forum. You can send me an email. Show me what you can do and what position you want. Right now, it's me and Ruben and maybe Alex so far. Uh, I've got the story. I'm still doing the pre-production. But if you're interested, just let me know. Bye, everybody. Bye.